everybody, hey, welcome to the Return to Gilead Sunday special. I am super duper pumped about this episode, and therefore I am your super duper pumped host, Michael LaFaver. And I am super, I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm Superman, guys. It's a, it's a surprise, but also what? I'm Ryan. How's oh. it going? Hi, um, there's a funny joke on audio news. I posted something recently and, uh, no, wait, that's going to bring continuity. I can't talk about that. Today, we're going to be talking about missing pieces. Just talk part- about the thing that you posted like six months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I posted something and somebody was really sleepy when he commented on it and said, great job, Ryan. Sounded great. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> because he was so used to hearing us on Return to Gilead. I thought that was I fun. I am Michael. So that's your secret. Today, we're talking about Missing Pieces Part 1. This is episode 174 overall on Return to Gilead and episode 9 of Red Rock Mysteries. I, I love this episode, Ryan. This is fantastic. Yeah? Yeah. I don't have anything bad to say about this one. It's the first, again, this is the first CBH slash Keys for Kids Ministries audio drama I ever heard. I heard this like back in 2015, I think when it first aired, and... I remembered most of it, actually. Like, I remember the part with Ashley talking about her EEG. I remember the ending with the bakery. Uh, Zach saying, yeah, that is strange. The part where the mailboxes were bashed and stuff. And the lunch lady and Bryce and Dun- and Duncan's little banter about the lunch lady. It's And it's both bringing back good memories. And it's actually pretty good as far as an episode goes. I was really happy about this one. Uh, and I uh, hearing, I don't know what your perspective exactly is on it, Ryan. But, like, since you've read these books before... What do you think? Is it holding up so far? You know, it does. Um, there is a little bit that they've kind of added or shifted a little bit that I don't know if you want me to get into it here or if you want me to wait until our book review at the oh, end of this. Yeah, just wait. Just wait. Like if it's a spoiler okay, yeah, for wait. later on the series, but then you can wait. Just kind of speaking vaguely on it, there's just like a few things they add, but it makes it better. It makes it oh, funnier. It makes it what flow, I think, better as an audio drama. They do a decent job of communicating most of the information without... Um, it just being a character saying something they were saying in the book to the audience, but just like straight to another person. Like, I think that like the conversation with um, Bryce where he's like, oh, you didn't do that. You didn't do this and you didn't do that. You normally do this when we play Monopoly. That's the type of thing that's typically communicated to the audience uh, directly. And here I feel like it's a little clunky that he's like, saying it to her when no, I don't think it's like, funky. I they, think it's perfect. Like it's saying, Hey, you're not doing this thing that you do normally. Why, uh, why isn't that? I guess it just feels slightly more, it's more expositional than people normally talk to each other. I guess. Uh, but I like, just it's thinking a about very it, minor criticism. I don't know. Like, I'll push back on it. I would, if I'm playing monopoly, monopoly with somebody, uh, maybe a slightly more realistic way to put it would be that person goes, and then I go, what? And the other one goes, what? Well, what's up? And I'm like, you didn't take Park Place. And, she, and here she's like, yeah, I, I didn't feel like it. And this one just goes, right, huh, right. you didn't take Park Place, like, uh, which I think would, is fine. You would address it at the moment, but here he's just like naming things one after another. No, I think, I think he did address it. Past. No, I think he is addressing it at the moment. Like, I imagine, like, she steps, like, it's her turn to go, and she just hops over Park Place and, like, gestures to him, like, yeah, it's your turn now. He's like, you didn't take Park Place? That's the way I interpreted that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's a very small thing. Um, almost nitpicky. Uh, it, yeah. Uh, right. Can I give you yeah. my... Th- like, that's yeah. my best nitpick for this episode because everything... Yeah. As far as the book is concerned, it follows the basic plot progression. 
doesn't throw in random um normal tangent tangential my least favorite color is red kind of stuff like in the previous uh set of audio dramas from keys for kids red rock it's all just basically what's in the book so i appreciate that i think we've got everything we could want in an episode of red rock there's a mystery that's sort of building up that i have a theory about already yes. we've got bryce and ashley being great protagonists a gr- great chemistry between bryce and ashley ashley's acting is off the charts um bryce's characterization and how he cares for her and how he's like concerned and the stuff with the lunch lady too and how that kind of weaves together between bryce and ashley and how she's concerned for the lunch lady but bryce is super terrified it's a great contrast and i don't know if this is something in the book or in the audio drama specifically but i like how the book or the story handles that bryce and ashley are just seeking out information or ashley specifically with mrs garcia just seeking out this information because she wants to help and people aren't like why are you looking into this why are you snooping it's like oh i know you care but no, if this is something that Mrs. Garcia would have told you, then, you know, if she if something she wanted you to know, she yeah. would have told you already. And, um, yeah, yeah, I don't have a single bad thing to say about this. This is a fantastic first episode. There's just also a ton of really funny scenes. It's so like, good! I love, I love the whole lunch lady thing with Bryce. <laughs> it, feels like awesome. a, it feels like it's straight out of Snow Day or something. <laughs> just the, the vibes, of, it has the vibes of that kind of writing style and the humor between two middle school peers just like both yeah. playing it up like no don't go uh, i thought that well, was Duncan hilarious is great. duncan's acting has improved dramatically since the first one he's so yeah, good it he's, it's like uh, brace comes up and duncan's like no no i'm not doing it he's like please i don't i don't have any lunch money and duncan's like i spent spent my last lunch money on bubble gum he's like what you did that you <laughs> like i i guess i had to do it and duncan's like no don't do it bryce and he's god i gotta go face the lunch lady you know what they mean by the end of the line bryce and Duncan's that like, made me laugh out loud Duncan's the, like the I, end I, of the line i hear she lives literally. in a house full of cats and when she runs out of food she eats one <laughs> that that end of the line comment gives this already just a 10 out of 10 on the pun rating <laughs> oh no and also the line that makes me laugh every time i hear it is bryce goes i'm sure under that crusty mean-spirited terrifying exterior beats the heart of a lady who's actually who's actually crusty mean-spirited <laughs> yes. and terrifying oh. <laughs> yes. and then he walks up to the watch lady and she's like i will say none of that is in the book this <laughs> is all so- just purely let's make the audio drama hilarious it's really and good. i love I, that that i'm gonna <laughs> say is like it's perfect i'm not gonna complain this isn't in that book when you make it better well but it sets up perfectly who this person is and like yeah. why it's so like drastic that ashley walks up to her and why it's so weird that she's just staring off into space because you can imagine her just staring down all the kids as they walk by and bryce walks up yeah. and they have the little interchange and she goes you pay me tomorrow or else <laughs> it's like what? <laughs> what? I, I will say that that's one slight thing in, in the book the re well should i even say the book no uh, you, you I, don't i'll have just to. shut up about the yeah book. we'll talk about it later that's why you have episode four well this will be fine anyway so all of that is great so far can i talk about my theory for what's going on here what's your theory so the facts of the case are bryce and ashley are out in the backyard and dylan's out there with them randy or I think Lee just left in Randy's truck. I'm a little fuzzy on that specific point, but Randy's truck leaves. Then a little while later, they hear a truck that's coming down, down the road, and Ashley thinks that it's Randy's truck, but Bryce can't tell. Then all of a sudden, he hears them causing ruckus, and there's some guys in the in the truck. There's crashes in the background. Bryce runs out. All of a sudden, there's a cherry bomb. 
Bryce runs back and says that he saw some faces, but he wasn't able to get a license plate number. He wasn't able to confirm if it was Randy's truck or not either. And when they go out and investigate, their mailbox is destroyed. And they bashed every mailbox on the street. So later on, Skeeter calls and says that he saw maybe 15 mailboxes that were all bashed. I don't know if that's a different street or the same street, but I'm, I'm assuming it's the same street because Skeeter thinks that Ashley had to skip school because she was too upset about the mailbox being bashed in. So I think it's just the one for now. But then Bryce discovers a softball bat with the blue paint from their mailbox in the back of Randy's truck. And he thinks that implicates Randy. And when he investigates further, he finds a tape with M-A dot 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 X in Randy's glove box, which he thinks is footage of the mailbox bashing. My theory, because they offer a pretty good counterpoint, was like, why would why would Dunk or why would uh, Randy bash his own girlfriend's mailbox? It's like, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Obviously, he knows that she lives there, although it might seem suspicious if hers isn't bashed in. So maybe he did it just to blend in. But I think it's it's either that, like it's obviously Randy and obviously what this is pointing to, or Randy is helping track down whoever did this. The truck isn't Randy's. It just happens to look the same. That wasn't confirmed in this one. But what was confirmed is that Randy had the softball bat and the tape. I think the tape is of the people who did it. And he's been tracking them down. And he took this tape and he was going to do something with it or this video. I don't know if it was a taper or what or what exactly it was. But then the, the bat was he found their bat. And so he grabbed it and he's planning on investigating later. So I think Randy's a good guy. That's my theory. Okay. That okay. is interesting. We I will, will see. not yeah. tell you the answer. We'll put a pin in that. I have successfully predicted Haunted Waters when we did that, basically. Kind so, of. Oh, kind of. You can go back and listen to what I predicted. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's my theory for now. In the meantime, um, other parts of this, are, I think all of the pieces, like the missing pieces analogy that's at the beginning uh, when Catherine's talking about it, like they're putting the, the pig puzzle together. Is that from the book? Uh, it's, I think in the book, it's just a waterfall painting. So they added all the pig stuff to it <laughs> to make it funnier. Maybe John Fornoff was like, you know, the last time I used pigs in an audio drama on Red Rock, it didn't turn out too well. I'm going to try it again and do it right this time. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? No, I don't. The Stolen Secrets. When does When are there pigs in that? The circus pigs. The disco pigs. The clown pigs. What circus disco the, pigs? The clown has pigs at the lock-in. I thought he has pigs? You don't remember that? Yes. No. Go go grab Stolen Secrets. I was secrets. too busy thinking of, I was too busy noticing like everything else he did, I guess. Yeah, so he he brings like this pig sound effects and a friend of mine, we, know, we both know this friend, thinks it's the cringiest scene in all of Red Rock of the disco pig squealing sound effects. So. Does he actually mention them? Yes. Yes. Okay. And there are literal pigs squealing in the background. It's I must have both. just like deleted it from my brain because it <laughs> seems so crazy. I'm going to put the clip in here. It looks like it's time for the illustrious Ding Dong's Dancing Disco Pig Show. There. So now we both have to, you know, I'll, I guess you didn't have to because you're, you're not editing this in post. But I, I love to. the world of editing. <laughs> There's also a reference in the first scene that Dylan OD'd on the watermelon. Which <laughs> 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 is just funny. Uh, but wasted. <laughs> Catherine gives the analogy of piece by piece, life fits together, and I think that's a, it's a subtle but okay introduction to the rest of the the episode. Like you can use that for a lot of different analogies, but 
seeing as like they don't bring up that specific analogy again. But then going forward, Ashley's really concerned about her own health and she's really worried about it. And Bryce is trying to put the pieces together of this puzzle and trying to figure out like, why, why is this happening to my sister and all that? I think I'm hoping the potential is really high for in the future for this book, for this four parter to be really good to carry through this theme and these characters and the characterization we've seen of them before. So I'm, I'm really hopeful about this one. It definitely looks promising. This first episode was just very engaging. Everything I didn't like about their stolen secrets, um, audio adaptation yeah is fixed here they don't yes. have fall at least in this episode they didn't have a false uh cliffhanger no it was that great annoyed me. it was perfect it just ended where it's uh, it was, was supposed to it end perfect it felt it's like great. an odyssey cliffhanger where it's just like oh yep uh, yes. we're out of time but uh promise of stuff to the f- in the future yeah it didn't feel just like out of nowhere what ha- what just happened um the scenes were all really good there were a few scenes that Compared to the book, I felt like the book um, carried through the emotional tension of some of the scenes, whereas the audio drama cut some of them a bit short. But that's not a major issue. It just continued to flow as the audio. Like, if you didn't read the book at all, you wouldn't notice that, like, oh, this should have been longer or anything. Um, Mm. You want to give an example of one of those scenes? Like, is one of them the the doctor's office scene or is, is there... Another yes, one. actually. Okay. So, yeah, because I thought uh, in about the that. Book, yeah, in the book, the doctor's office scene, first off, it takes a lot longer. And there's a part where Ashley, after she finishes with her um, test, there's a kid in the waiting room who's scared to go in. And she, like, encourages him and helps him Aww. go in. That's nice. Um, and, like, the doctor's super appreciative that he, she helped him get over everything. But he's, like, seven. And... Uh, then the other thing is the doctor keeps like teasing her and saying things like, oh, you're such a troublemaker because these tests aren't going the way that I think they should. And he keeps like ma- trying to make it lighthearted, but she's like on the verge of tears. Oh, oh, that's not great. We didn't really get that at all from the doctor. The doctor was just kind of a blank slate, but his one line is like, I still have hope that we can beat this. So he seems like a cool guy, but in the book, I guess he's a jerk. <laughs> Or yeah. unintentionally. And then later, uh, later, another way that ties in is that when Bryce gives the phone to Ashley, the reason he does it is not because he just wants to, like, prank her by giving her the phone when it's Skeeter. It's because he knows that her mind is on. That's perfect. The, that's, that's absolutely perfect. Her yes. mind, she's thinking about the EEG and everything. And so he gives that to her to try to distract her because he failed to distract her the previous night. And no, yeah, she and he explicitly says she the doesn't he was just like run her. after him and be like, Bryce, how dare you? And he's like, no, no, no. Look at this bat. He draws it out and lets her berate him for like half an hour <laughs> so <laughs> that she thinks about literally anything else. And That's he's like, yeah, perfect. yeah, you're right. That's I'm great. so sorry. <laughs> so the cool thing is I can understand why both of those were cut or, or why that was cut. But it's already in this episode that he wants to distract her and he wants to keep her mind yeah. off of it. And with the way it works yes. with the bat anyway. She's already distracted anyway. So perfect. Yeah. Great. You, you just condensed the theme without changing it. That's excellent. Yes. That's really good. I'm really happy, man. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> yeah. This is so, so good. Good episode. Credit where credit's due. So we get a little bit from Mrs. Garcia at the very end and like stuff about her. She tells Ashley that she's got an anniversary she's trying to forget. Is, 
is she played by two different actresses in the first and second scene, or is her voice just super gravelly for a comedy in the first scene? Because I couldn't. I tell. think it's comedy. Like, um, yeah, it was just so drastically different. I was just, oh, okay. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Okay, well, anyway, she says there's an anniversary she wants to forget, and then that's about that's about it. Like just one bit of information. Then Ashley goes to talk to the whoever it is at the Black Bear Bakery, which she hears from Mrs. Wilson. And this is a great sequence of events too. She's like, hmm, I want to find out more about Mrs. Garcia. I wonder if Mrs. Wilson. Because she's in your prayer group, uh, mom. Uh, I wonder if she would know anything. So she calls Mrs. Wilson. Mrs. Wilson gives a piece of uh, a clue. So Ashley goes to the bakery. There's somebody there. She mentions Mrs. Garcia's name. And the person at the bakery is like, yeah, well, she's not in today. Ashley leaves with a donut. And there's a little, <laughs> there's a line where the lady goes, smells are free. Donuts cost you. <laughs> it's, it's really great. <laughs> and then Ashley leaves and the lady runs out. So like, hey, you, what do you want with Renee? And Ashley tells her, he's like, I, I just want to see if she's okay. She wasn't doing so great at school. And the lady goes, it was the fire. It happened years ago before she moved here. Uh, if she wanted you to know, she would have already told you. And it's just a little bit here and there. And that, along with the the evidence about Randy's truck and, and all that stuff, it's setting it up so, so great. And I'm just super scared that it's all going to fall flat in the next couple episodes. I don't really want that because I'm, I'm really that ex- doesn't happen. No, yeah, I I'm going to go and hear episode 2 right after this because I've been waiting literally for years, actually for years to wait and find <laughs> You've been waiting like 8 years to yes. listen to this. I don't know who the, broke the, the rest of the series it's episode. It's been in the back of my head. I've been like who busted the mailboxes? Was it Randy? Who was it? And what's all going on with Mrs. Garcia? You wake up in like 2018. It, or it's like that meme. Your your brain's like, "Hey, you going to sleep?" Yes. Now be quiet. Who bashed the mailbox? Who bashed the mailbox? <laughs> <laughs> I want that. We have to put that on the Timmy T-shirt if we retroactively have made those. Oh my gosh! We finally here we are. Gilead's completely done, and we still haven't we, made we the Timmy finished t-shirts. reviewing Gilead from this time in our future. Yes. Uh, timeline. I should send and we the still meme haven't back. made that Timmy shirt. But guess what? You're not getting a Timmy shirt. We're getting, we're making you a meme shirt about Red Rock. Just a single meme on it. <laughs> so there's a moment that I was a little concerned about, or a little wondering about. Ashley okay. is talking about the first time that she had a seizure, and it's really, it's it's incredibly acted. It's really well written. Dad found me in the closet. I was just staring at the ceiling. I knew my name, but that was about it. I couldn't remember you or Mom's name. Or our phone numbers? They never told me. It was the scariest night of my life. And the scariest part? It could happen again. Without any warning. And then, like, we look over at Bryce and he's snoring. And Right. I, I, I was a little disappointed at that. Like, I know. No, Did that well, happen so in the book? First off, that scene, the whole everything that happened to Ashley is actually exposition we get in book one. I remember that. Yeah, I've read that before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's in the Red Rock Oasis version. Um, she shares about it, like I yes. think. Yes, I do remember. While that. they're in the chase. Yeah, here's here's that. Or no, Bryce does. Yeah, yeah, here's that. Hey, this is editing, Michael. I'm not getting that. <laughs> Darn it, yeah. my editing and post. Yeah, so it it works perfectly that it's right here because it directly ties in to the EEG. Yeah, I was appreciative that they they made up for not sharing about it in the first. It, like back in haunted Look waters. Look at that! Not only is this good by itself, but it's also making up for things that were left out of previous ones. Isn't that isn't that great? Yeah, that's awesome. It's just a little weird because of how it characterizes Bryce as she's like 
finally, you, you, we were talking in the last uh, book review um, about how Ashley yes. is characterized as like she doesn't share information easily. And here and she is, like, sudden... spilling her heart to Bryce, and he's just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that I, I could... I didn't see any problems with the way that she's supposed to be characterized in the books and how she acts here, because yeah. she's not wanting to share things, but Bryce prize, and that's what leads her to share with her twin brother, because mm-hmm. you know, they love each other, and because they care about each other. But I'm thinking maybe it's just a simple way to fix the scene would have it be that Bryce is nodding off all throughout the scene, and, Bri- and Ashley's like... Are you okay? You can go to bed. He's like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Hey, anyway, anyway, um, yeah, and like trying <laughs> Those to marshmallows. The blood <laughs> is tank. The blood sugar is tanking. <laughs> Speaking of blood, uh, <laughs> what? Mar- oh, Bryce mentions marshmallow guts. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he's talking about the att- eating s'mores, and it was, it was just, it was just weird. Again, the the little lines that John Fornoff peppers in, he's got a potential to be really, really great, and I think he shows it in this one. He's fantastic, especially since yeah. he has source material that he sticks to. So, yeah, it's great. <laughs> and there's a line from Bryce when they're talking about, or I think it's from Ashley, when they're talking about coyotes and whether or not it's safe for Dylan to be out there. And Dylan, <laughs> here's a coyote, and he's like, uh, I think I want to go inside. And Bryce is like, uh, don't don't worry, Dylan. Coyotes don't actually eat little boys. And Ashley goes, yeah, they prefer eating smart aleck teenage boys. Yes. Yeah. So there's there's just so much I can I could pull out of this. So many moments that I have, like little little things here and there. Yeah, we've we've sang the praises of this episode uh, long enough. You know, on Return to Gilead, in the past there have been a bunch of episodes that have just been, Ugh! and there's there were a couple episodes in season eleven that were also. Ugh! But then when you get to something like this, and it's like, we don't have any criticisms. In, in fact, we've got a lot of positives. That's what makes this podcast so satisfying to get to the episodes like this. So loved this. Really hoping next episode is more of the same. So, yeah, that's all I got to say. I have one final thing to say. Go for uh, it. It's a little question, like kind of, I guess, a confusion about Zach's outro. I yeah, um, I wasn't paying super close attention, but go for it. Yeah, so I just listened to it because I was like, okay, if we're gonna pretend that this is like a, a normal Odyssey or Dylan or like Down Gilead Lane episode, and Zach is here to give us the moral at the end, what what's the moral, Zach? And he said basically, if God's in charge, why do bad things happen? Well, God gives us a choice, and if we turn from Him, bad things happen to us and to other people. The payment for sin is death, but God's gift is eternal life. It's like, okay, that's a nice gospel message. How does that apply here? Yeah. Is it well, implying that Ashley did something wrong that caused her to have these symptoms or that someone else did something wrong and their sin could, led to her having these symptoms? Yeah, you could argue that Adam did something wrong and that led to, to, to sickness, which led to Ashley's symptoms. I will claim that as a non-unique argument. No, that it's not. That is the case for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's pretty weak, and it's yeah. uh, I I did think about that, and I thought, okay, he's he's theologically sound, he's fine, but it doesn't really apply here. Uh, maybe he's relevant, talking about yeah. maybe he's talking about Mrs. Garcia and saying, yeah, somebody burned down her house. Is that a clue? Hmm. Maybe Randy burned <laughs> like, down. Pick up on what I'm saying. Wait, it was arson, guys. <laughs> that's how it ties together. Randy is an arsonist, and he escaped to Red Rock to try to flee from the the previous town that he lived in, and he just can't get enough of crime, so now he's bashing mailboxes. It all makes sense. Oh, man, I knew he was a creep. Uh, oh, the creep. The creep. Okay. Yeah, I agreed with you on there, but otherwise, yeah. let's, yeah. Otherwise, good episode. Let's wrap this up. 
The Sunday special has been so like fun to do. Like a Christmas tree. Yes, you say that every single time. The Sunday special has been super fun to do over these past however many episodes we've done. And um, now that we're... I know we were really negative on John Fornoff last time, but <laughs> having it be so positive this time, I think, gives me hope for the next episode, which will be Missing Pieces Part 2. So, Woo-hoo. if y'all have any feedback about what you thought of our review was more of a quickie this time, or what you think of Red Rock going forward, no spoilers, please, but... Uh, you can let us know what you think at returntogilead.com. Yeah, if you'd like to, you can even leave a voice message and you'll be featured in this episode with your own voice. Well, not in this episode because this one's already released. In the next episode with your <laughs> own voice. I could go back and re-edit it, but yeah, yeah. If you if you want to add your voice to the discussion, you know, I, I don't. I'm not begging for voice messages because it's it's fine. But you know, you could be on here with us. You can like. Be talking we're not to desperate. us. No, we're not, not desperate. Okay. Just uh, know, um, eventually, like it's gonna happen before y'all know it. Possibly even like within the last the next three months, this podcast will be done. Yeah. So we'll be, you're not. We'll g- be done with Gilead. We'll be done with Red Rock, and you'll be like, okay, I was waiting. I was waiting to to yeah. add my voice to the discussion. Maybe now I'll do it. Too late. You know, this is a. These are pieces of Gilead's history and Red Rock's history now. And if you don't get it in now, you're probably never gonna have that chance again. Uh, we might do some sort of, and I, I need to check with past Michael to see what he's done because my memory's a little foggy about what we did, but we might might have done some kind of ending feedback leftovers episode at the end, but who knows? It's 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 really flumpy. So anyway, get in all the feedback you want or don't feedback at all. We talked enough about this. Let's close this out. I'm Michael. I'm Ryan. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you all next time as we continue to look in to Red Rock Mysteries. Red Rock Mysteries.